We're Texicans. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. He was a West Texas school teacher who moved to Hollywood and became the beloved code star of one of the longest-running TV westerns of all time. This week we're talking about Bonanza's Hoss Cartwright, Dan Blocker. But first, what's your favorite Texas movie western? Well, it's not a movie, it's a miniseries, but I'm going to go with Lonesome Dove because Mm. I don't think anything captures the spirit of Texas as much as the characters in that movie. Well, unfortunately, it's it's a TV movie, so I'm going to have to disqualify your answer. Uh, Next. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say an actual movie with movie stars in it. Uh, Anytime it is on TNT or I'm scooting around the channels and I see it, The Outlaw Josie Wales. It's not completely set in Texas, but it ends in Texas. And I think that's pretty great. Yep. He comes to Texas and finds happiness. That's what the show's about. <laughs> By killing the Yankee commander. All right. Well, I would have to say that if we're talking classic westerns, uh, one of the first ones that comes to my mind is The Searchers starring John Wayne. Yeah. Um, it's full of the, um, I guess, the, the high... Texas atmosphere of the the Comanches and uh, the Texas frontier that we've talked about a lot. Um, even though it wasn't shot in Texas, uh, it is still very much set in Texas, and uh, it will uh, it will always hold a high place in my mind as a Texas western. But really, um, I'm going to say that my favorite Texas western is uh, Hell or High Water, which we <laughs> talked about recently. But it's not a classic western, so I was trying to stay on yeah. theme. The Searchers has that great line from the the mother character. The, We're Texicans. That's right. You know, <laughs> great, great line. We're Texicans. This is what we do. This is we're used to the hardship. Dan Blocker was born Bobby Dan Davis Blocker in DeKalb, Texas, near Texarkana in 1928. He was the son of Ora, a.k.a. Shacker, and his mother, Mary. Even from his birth, he was making headlines. He was the largest baby born in the history of Bowie County at an amazing 14 pounds. Wow. When Blocker was six, the family farm was wiped out by the Great Depression. Shaq Blocker scraped up enough money to move way out west to O'Donnell, which is south of Lubbock, where he opened a store. The family lived in the back of the store at first, but as it began to prosper, they got an actual house. Young Dan helped out as a stock boy and a bag boy for the store, while Shaq used to kid around with friends saying, Shaq used to kid around with his friends, saying he would pay them to hire Dan to get him off his hands because he was so big he was just wrecking the store. Growing up, Blocker attended various public schools before going to Texas Military Institute in San Antonio. Given that he started out big and kept growing from there, it was natural he would be a standout athlete. And his skills as a linebacker for the football team earned him a scholarship at Hardin-Simmons University in Abilene, Texas. Now, at age 18, he stood six foot three and he weighed nearly 300 pounds. And over the next couple of years, he actually gained another inch. In 1947, after just a year, he transferred to and later graduated from Sol Ross State Teachers College in Alpine, Texas, which is today Sol Ross State University. This is way out in Big Bend country. Uh, and he graduated in 1950. Dan was a star player, but he was also very intelligent, being a good student with a love for literature. It was in college that he discovered his true calling, however, the theater. 
At one point, the drama club was staging the play Arsenic and Old Lace, and they needed a stagehand strong enough to move the heavy dummies used for, quote, dead bodies in the production, and Dan fit the bill. He fit it so well, in fact, they convinced him to play the small role of Teddy Brewster, the delusional nephew of the play's murderous spinsters. The chance to be in the spotlight on stage permanently hooked Blocker, and he changed his major from English to drama. Later, he obtained his master's degree in dramatic arts from UCLA. Blocker was given offers to play for the NFL after graduation, but instead chose to go east to Boston, where he worked on a summer stock production of King Lear. He intended to return to Texas to start teaching, but Uncle Sam came first. In 1951, with the Korean War raging, Blocker was drafted into the U.S. Army. After finishing basic in Louisiana, he shipped out to Korea with the 45th Infantry Division, where he served as an infantry sergeant. For his service in combat in Korea, Blocker was awarded the Purple Heart and was cited for saving the lives of several of his unit soldiers. He was discharged in 1952, and he married his college sweetheart, Dolphia, and they returned to Texas, where he did become a high school English and drama teacher in Sonora, Texas. They started a family, eventually having four children, all with D names. David, Dirk, and twins Deborah and Dana. In the mid-1950s, the Blockers moved first to Carlsbad, New Mexico, and later to California following teaching jobs. And this allowed Dan to attend UCLA, where he pursued his master's degree and later his Ph.D. In order to make ends meet, Dan also auditioned for bit roles on TV shows. He was noted in the area for continuing to dress like a Texan, and he was able to parlay that, his natural accent, and of course his impressive size, into steady work appearing in several hit series including Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, Have Gun Will Travel, and Maverick, as well as in a Three Stooges short. Blocker had steady work, but it wasn't until 1958 that his big break came. That year, he was cast as the middle son, Eric Hoss Cartwright, in the NBC Western series Bonanza. Bonanza was the story of a kindly widowed cattle rancher patriarch, Ben Cartwright and his three sons, Adam, Hoss, and Little Joe, and their adventures on a vast Nevada ranch. It also starred Canadian actor and singer Lauren Green as Ben Cartwright, Parnell Roberts as Adam, and then teen idol Michael Landon as Little Joe. Bonanza was a historic show in many ways. It was the first primetime western to be filmed in color, and much of it was filmed on location rather than in a backlot. It also had a unique cast arrangement and that each of the four main characters were considered equal co-stars, and the opening credits would alternate the order among them. After a shaky first season, Bonanza became a huge hit and ran for a remarkable 14 seasons. While Landon's Little Joe character was popular with the younger audience, in many ways, Blocker's Hoss character became the most beloved and endearing. Hoss was a big, amiable, friendly giant, quick to laugh and always looking for the best in people. In many ways, there was very little to separate Hoss the character from Dan Blocker the person. By all accounts, the show's crew found Blocker to be, quote, the least actorish and the most likable. According to producer David Dordort, over the years he gave me the least amount of trouble. In interviews, Blocker said he played his character motivated by the words of an 18th century Quaker missionary, Stephen Grellett. Quote, we shall pass this way on earth but once. If there is any kindness we can show or good act we can do, let us do it now, for we will never pass this way again. Blocker became particularly close with Green and Landon. They were seen about Hollywood socializing together, and Blocker served as the best man at Michael Landon's wedding. Now, despite the gentle, simple nature of the Haas character, 
Blocker himself was both smart and tough. He was shrewd with his investments and even became a shareholder of the original Bonanza chain when it first started, trading endorsement time for stock. Landon later related a story about Blocker's toughness in which there was an accident on set and Blocker was thrown from his horse, breaking his collarbone. When he stood up, the bone was actually sticking out through his chest. Blocker had been a rodeo cowboy in college and had been raised tough, so he simply popped the bone back into place and kept on filming. During the course of his time on Bonanza, Blocker continued to take on other roles in films and in TV movies, and of course he had the requisite appearances on variety shows. He was even offered the role of Major Kong in Stanley Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove after Peter Sellers opted out, but he turned it down, not liking the script. That part eventually went to cowboy actor Slim Pickens instead. Blocker lived with his family in a large mansion in the L.A. suburbs and was heavily involved in Democratic Party politics as well as sponsoring several race cars. He befriended a young karate instructor named Chuck Norris, who taught him and all four of his children martial arts. Sadly, on May 13, 1973, Dan Blocker died of a blood clot a few days after having gallbladder surgery. He was 44 years old. Television had never had a main male star die while the show was in production. The devastated producers and stars of Bonanza took the remarkable step of addressing the death of both the actor and the character in a very unusual way. It was decided that his character Hoss would be killed in an accident in an episode of the show. This was to be the first time in television history that a show had dealt with, or even mentioned, the death of one of its primary actors. Just as we suffered a loss, said Bonanza producer Richard Collins, so the audience suffered one too. Michael Landon, who had taken a greater creative role in the series over the past several years, had written an episode where Haas would fall in love with and marry a young woman with a tragic end. This was all to showcase his friend's acting talent. The episode, which was a two-hour special entitled Forever, was rewritten, with Little Joe's character now being the one to fall in love with and marry the character, played by a young Bonnie Bedelia. This character meets a tragic end at the hands of her criminal brother and his gang. Forever never explicitly deals with the circumstances of Haas's death, but there are passing mentions to it, and his absence is keenly felt on several scenes where he is remembered. Instead, Joe and Ben deal with his loss through the death of Joe's young bride. Landon later said, We tried to mention Haas's death very simply in passing. It might not please everybody. I'm sure that some people would rather have a whole hour memorial to Dan, but we just couldn't do that. We tried to do what we thought he would have wanted us to do. The episode Forever was a huge success, but after that, Bonanza's days were numbered. While the producers tried many things to make the show work, its heart and soul were missing without Haas. Few episodes that season did not have Ben or Joe making mention of him. A year later, with 431 episodes in the can, the show was canceled and shuffled off to syndicated rerun heaven. The market made on American television and the importance that Dan Blocker had to the show cannot be denied. Years later, in the 1980s, Bonanza TV movies finally revealed that Haas died when he drowned trying to save another man's life. Blocker was buried at his family cemetery in DeKalb, and he is memorialized with a beach in Malibu and in the O'Donnell Heritage Museum in Texas. His son David became a TV and film producer, winning an Emmy for the HBO film Don King, Only in America. His younger son Dirk also went into show business, becoming an actor. He was in the cast of the 1976 TV show Black Sheep Squadron at the age of 19, and was a regular TV bit player through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Today, you can see him as one of the bizarre, bumbling detectives on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
Yeah, and I, another another tidbit: the the large mansion that he lived in in uh, California is to in L.A. is today owned by Rob Zombie. I'm sure it's tastefully decorated exactly yeah. the same as it was. I just have one thing to say to this story. Well, yeah, so you can't separate, to me, you can't separate Dan Blocker from Hoss Cartwright. I mean, he is Hoss Cartwright. And and in many ways, in a lot of ways, he was Hoss Cartwright. That was a character that was very close to his his heart. And you could tell that he just, he loved playing that character and he loved being in that, that show. Um, I don't know that it's, I'm sure it's on somewhere right now. Um, probably like me TV or something like that. I haven't seen the show. I was going to ask if it was still on anywhere because, uh, I've only seen, you know, the off random episode on TV when I was growing up. So, um, it's definitely something I'd like to dig into if it's available anywhere. It is on TV land tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Yeah, I was like looking TV at TV land. TV okay. land. Yeah, and then the. Uh, uh, I'll have to get that DVR set up then. Yet again, a great uh, text artist that uh, passes away. Interesting because we did an episode on Bill Paxton's passing where it was blood clot complications after surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I. Also think it's interesting that uh, here's another great Texan actor that uh, turned away from a career in athletics and football to uh, be an actor. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something he had in common with Powers Booth. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, you know, as someone who has a blood clotting condition and who is 42 years old, who's only two years younger than Dan Blocker was when he passed away, it's... Kind of scary to think about, but that was, you know, 40 years ago. So, um, but uh, yeah, so TV Land and Inspir- the Inspiration Channel has episodes. Also, you can apparently watch episodes, most episodes for free on Hulu. So, oh, Hulu. There you go. There you Hulu. Go. go, go watch it on Hulu. I, it, it was a great show. I, it's 431 episodes is remarkable. Yeah. Uh, I guess TV shows just lasted longer back then, you know. Yeah, well, you can watch it on Hulu through your Roku. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see the episode of Gunsmoke he was in. I, I see that he played the heavy in a movie with uh, Frank Sinatra called mm-hmm. Lady in Cement. That was like 63, so it's pretty early still in, in the Bonanza run. By the mid mid to late 60s, when Bonanza was just like, was just one of those perennials, his appearances were definitely like, you know, the, the Tonight Show or the the roast of you know Dean Martin and or uh, or uh, uh, the Dinosaur Show things like that. There there is a there is a Bonanza reference in The Simpsons, by the way. I think it's cool that he was a owner of the steakhouse. Yeah, yeah, that was and that and he didn't he didn't own it for long, but it basically when he sold the sold it his stock he he did you know provide even more uh, fortune for his family. Very shrewd businessman. It's also in real estate and stuff like that. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. Uh, you can find our show or many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. 
And why not follow us individually, too? You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Shaw with two ends. And I'm Scotticus. You love this show. You love Texas. Heck, maybe you liked Bonanza, too. Let's watch some TV land. But get out there and tell your friends all about us. And leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps us out to find listeners just like you. If you'd like to support the show financially, head to patreon.com slash texaspodcast, where you too can become a come-and-take-it Texas Ranger. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway. <laughs>